And he would also go around and like shovel shovel snow on the neighbor's steps and stuff like that. Sometimes I'd follow him because we had work we had to do. And true. Go come over and like I'll walk with Josh and help him deliver papers. I helped him bag the papers. To me, I really uh, get a lot out of quality time in with people that are near and dear to me more than I would love a gift more than I would love um, even kind words which I like kind words don't get me wrong but it's the time that's considered like for the gift that means more to me than the gift itself sometimes the the ability to share a conversation and work together I loved that we did that often and you know I also uh, actually got compensated for some of it even though I wasn't expecting it like you know shovel some snow and like the neighbor actually gave me some money too. Totally yeah. not needed, but very right. appreciated when you're not working. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. you're just kind of walking around with a shovel in you're Minnesota in wintertime. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's money. I've noticed in this generation that people don't share time together while they work. It's like, well, I have to work and then we'll get together. And sure. maybe it's just maybe like where I'm living or what it is, I but so. I just don't see that anymore. That's a good point, Brian. I mean, like, I think about that often. Like, I do think about the time that, like, I would be like, look, I have to do this paper route, and you'd come with me. And we mm-hmm. would just, like, I mean, mainly it was just us shooting, right? Like, it was just us getting, it was just us being us, right? I mean, yeah. and then when we had to do a paper route, it was just a way for us to get through that so that after we would have time together. Because like, why wouldn't I help my friend do that? Right. Uh, But that was our sensibility set. Also, it wasn't something maybe that's inherent in everybody. Right. But look, I think part of the reason why too, like even if like went over to uh, another one of our friend's houses, like if there was something to do, like we would just just help do do it. Right, it. like the the rate the yard needs to be raked. It's like, give me a rake, and like we'll talk while we rake. Or like, um, like for me, whatever it was, like let's let's all do that. Like we can knock it out together, and it's like teamwork. And it seems like really simple. Like why wouldn't you want to work with your friends? But there's this idea now that's so segmented of like, well, now I'm working, and then I hang out with my friends. It's like I love working with my friends. I really do. To me, like, that's a valuable pursuit. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, that happened, especially when we were, when we were younger. Like, I remember uh, a friend of ours, Pat, that, you know, he had, like, a neighbor that wanted, like, some yard work done. And he's like, Josh, if we do this yard work, she'll pay us, and then we can just, you know, go about our day or whatever. So yeah. in the summer, we were, like, working. We would like do like we would rake, we would put all these leaves together, we would get it all packaged up, and we were talking at the same time. So it was kind of like like you said, we're getting like we're spending time together doing the work, plus we're gonna do the work separately and also get the time. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. it's a very strange dynamic, but it works. Well, it. It what it allows you to see people in different contexts, also. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, because like we spent time, and not only on school projects, but like you'd come over to my house to help me with something. I go over to your house to help you sure. with something. We got used to how each other worked. Sure. Like 
So this is how you work. This is how you think about it. This is where you leave off. This is where I leave off. So when we started even doing the stuff we're doing now related to this podcast and what Curiosity Continuum is and what it should be and how we build it, there's more natural pass-offs because we got familiar working with one another long ago. And so even though the construct changed as far as what we were building, that cadence was there. It's like, it's fun to be productive together, not just like kind of work and hang out. It's like really be productive and hang out at the same time. It is possible. You know, when you make the focus of work and you're enjoying the journey along with that. Sometimes I think people treat their work as, I just got to get through this to get to the life I actually want to live. And there's no reason why you can't enjoy both. Sure. So that, that is the question, right? That is the problem. Like, do, is your work the actual part of your life that is important? Or is it just what you do to get to the part that's important? I mean, that's kind of like profound when you think about it. Like a lot of people, I think, I do know actually too, a lot of people don't enjoy their jobs. They're just like, oh, I fell into this. This makes my life happen. I'm doing this to get to here. There's there's many life situations that come along that way, but that would inform maybe why you choose a certain career path or why you didn't choose any path. It's just the path that happened to you. There's a worthy exercise to go through, and it starts with a question. And the question actually is this, is like, who told you you couldn't have fun while you work? Right. And look, I think that if... if um, I had grown up in a different environment. I learned diligence. I learned discipline. I learned how to put the hand to the plow and do the things and whatever. But did I have fun? And I think like the the relational part of me spending time with you, Josh, and other friends was like, I get to work with you and I get the relationship component. Right. Like it is possible. And honestly, at that point, to me, the work itself didn't matter. You know, is like shoveling somebody's snow in like 20 below weather, like a glamorous job. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> you know, the older but I it, get, I'm like, but it absolutely not. it needed to be done. It needed to be done and yeah. you could have it with a good attitude. Right. And dig in and do it. And there was a reward for people that did that. Sure. But even at the times too, like when I would go with Josh and shovel and I didn't get paid, I didn't go in with the expectation like, look at me, I showed up with, with a shovel that Josh lent me. Hey, here I am. <laughs> you know, right. and pay me. I knew that the expectation was that Josh would show up, shovel the, shovel the driveway, and then that's what he got paid for. If that was any extra for me, that I took that as graciousness. But I learned something about that in terms of like, let's focus to get it done because once we're done with this, we can hang out even more so. But we're enjoying it. There's a, there's a I think, a shared camaraderie that happens. That's yeah. probably repetitive there's a camaraderie that happens when you're in the trenches with people yeah it's almost like and i'm not equating this to like a war or anything but it is like kind of like that like i have to get through this to get to that so if i help with this then guess what we can go like have fun do this and that and i think i really do think that like a lot of times when we were kids that was what it was it was like, oh, these are your chores. These are what you're expected to do. And if you just can't get it done, well, then I'm going to help you so that we can just get it through, right? Yep. And then we can just go do whatever we want. It was always the pursuit of our own time is what it was. You wanted time freedom, and I could help you get there quicker 
rather than just let you slave it out. Because that was not good for anybody. There wasn't the convenience of like, well, let's all talk on the phone together. It's like it didn't work. There was no such thing as that. There was no such thing as like, let's have a video chat. Let's have a Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's not happening because that technology was like, boom, out there. (laughs) (laughs) You saw it on Back to the Future 2. It was like, here's a video chat. And it still faxed you, you're fired coming through the machine. (laughs) So that was 2015, though, you know, long ago now at this point. Right. You learn a lot about people, though, when you are in the trenches and it's not a fair weather experience. I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I'm grateful for the people that will show up at my door when I got nothing to offer them, when I'm at my weakest, when I'm at just like at the end of myself and they show up anyway. I mean, my gosh, like like, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for the part of the country I've lived in for a large part of my life, there's this like Southern hospitality thing where it, it is very different than, what I would call North Minnesota nice or whatever it might sure. be. Minnesotans show up when they need to, generally speaking, not all of course, but like, right. You know, it's like, they may not be polite to you at your mailbox. You might say, Hey, and right. they go back in, but you say, can you come over and help me move my couch? She's like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And they show up and they carry the couch over and it's done. Right. Now in the South is a little bit different dynamic where there's a lot of leading warmness and hospitality. That's always very nice. But when it comes time to do something like that, it's almost like we don't have time for that. And it's like it, there's definitely a difference in northern southern sensibilities. So you could say one is better than the other. You could have that conversation for a long time. I have noticed that there is more warm warmness on the front with southerners, but it's sometimes harder to get to the core of the relationship. The gooey center. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But in northern relationships... It's like it takes a while to kind of crack the ice and niceties, because it does. But then, like, if you ask them to practically help, they can show up for you. And that might have been just where we grew up, Josh. But sure. that has left an indelible mark on me. It's like, why can't I be a practical help to somebody? Like, that's the kind of person that I we grew up to be. Like, be that person that's a practical help, not just talking about the work, but doing the work with your friends. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just the... Uh the deal with it right like yeah. do we want to be the practical person or do we want to be the pragmatic person or do you want to be kind of a little of both and i think like most of us they want to be that practical person they want to be, like show up when they need to right mm-hmm. but i will push back on that because there are some people who love being the shiny people yeah and it's like, and that's where they're really good too. Yeah. I, so I, I don't mean that it sounds disrespectful when I say that. Maybe I wove a little bit of that in there just to be honest. But it's more of like, this makes me look good to do this for you versus the heart of, I'm going to do this for you because it's right for you. It right. doesn't matter the amount of shine I get from it because it's the right thing to do. So let me wrap this back around real quick to the topic we visited earlier on in this conversation. And it was about girls. <laughs> sure. So, Josh, you had a car, very practical car. I did. You so you you at the last moment you asked these girls out. Tell me, tell me about. I'm going to go back, right back to the front of the conversation, which we never finished. Tell me about what happened. Like, were you the practical person? Like, how did you conduct yourself on these dates? I know, like, you weren't ever rude or mean or anything like that, but like. Lift the veil a little bit here, Josh. I, I've never known this from you. 
<laughs> I mean, not really anything happens on any of my dates. So <laughs> <laughs> not nothing like as fancy. It's not crazy. I just went on dates with girls. That's it. <laughs> there you go. I folks. mean, it's not it's not anything fancy. I always keep trying to tell people this. Look, guys, people. I'm just a guy, you know? <laughs> it did it nothing like crazy happens. I just had fun. That's all. Yeah. That's pretty What is your what did your parents say to you before you walked out for dates? Uh nothing really. I mean my dad and mom were just like, Oh yeah, you're going on a date. I'm like, Yeah. And I think at that point, literally, like I always say this to a lot of people, when your kids are like 13, 14, 15, it's pretty much over, right? Like you have instilled upon them the values that you wish. Now, whether they follow that or not, that is their choice. Because at that point, they're making choices for them. So my parents didn't really like rag on me about anything. They didn't like say anything weird. They didn't say like, oh, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. They were just like, oh, have fun. Because they kind of knew that I was a good guy, I guess. Or I had... Responsible. Yeah, yeah. I had the things inside, you know, the things set up to do the right thing, right? I mean, what do you think, Brian? Yep. I remember a phrase that you think, uh, I think I remember you saying, like where your parents would say, don't disappoint us before you right. walk the door. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? It set the expectation, which I think is good because you're requiring something of your minor child to say. Now, I would, my executive coach side of me would say, like, you can't actively hit a negative goal. It's <laughs> so, true. You know, and so I would say, like, you know, and obviously it worked because obviously you didn't disappoint them in that arena for right. sure. But it's more about, like, do the right thing. And that's a very different thing, especially, like, when you talk about the cadence of um, how this works, especially in data dynamics. I mean... Both at this point, Josh and I have been married for, we're in our second decade of marriage to our spouses and we are, we've been out of the dating scene, like oh, long, not dating our spouses long, for like a, a long, long time. time. Listen, if I had to go on dates again, I would just be like, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this, you know, anymore, but I'm very gracious that my wife uh, keeps me around. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Brian is as well gracious of, about that. Yes. Yeah. I oh, mean, yes. we have lots of things, but that, like, as people, you just have to be good people. If you're a good person, everything just falls into place. Bad things do happen to good people. Exactly. They and have, that's okay. You know, but it rains on the just and the unjust. And it's a matter of the type of person you are when it doesn't go right. Yeah. When things didn't go as planned. The fair weather friend comment that I made earlier, it's easy to be friends when everything is right. Oh, of course. You know, the vibe is right, the good hang is right, all the stuff is right, the food is right, the drink is right, everything's right. Yeah. It's all good in the neighborhood. Right. Well, that's easy to do. That's really easy to do because nobody's fur is getting rubbed the wrong way. There's nobody that's like, well, that offended me. It's like, no, everybody's there for a good time and it's done. But when it hits the fan, you're really going to find out in life who is that person or people to you? Who is the who is the the friend that you call on when it's like it all fell apart, or I had you know the biggest failure of my life? Right. Who do you call? It's not Ghostbusters, obviously. I just 
you can. <sighs> I have to. I have, you can, well, you could call you Ghostbusters. Call them. <laughs> Is it going to actually help you? <laughs> it will not help you one bit, <laughs> unless you have a ghost problem in New York City. Right. Then it might help you. Right. But, but those situations, when it didn't go right, and you see the quality of a person come out, right? When it's something where it requires something of you. It makes you dig deep, yeah. And it really exposes, I think, a lot of uh, motivations. I'll say, not even like how you operate, but like the motivations about why you're there. Is it there because like you're? It's required. Like you're getting something out of it, or is it because you're giving? It's very different, you know. I, mean, I remember the um, the uh, the the biblical story of Job, where after Job loses everything, after like he's just been ravaged and loses his children and loses his flocks and he uses loses all his stuff his friends came and they said they sat with him in ashes and silence like that was not like the hey let's all together have a feast like job just went through like the most ter- one of the most terrible right series of unfortunate events you could go through right. and his friends were there it actually had more commentary in the story where god said more after his friends actually started talking right <laughs> it's like okay wait a minute but just being there and sitting there in the quiet and the uncomfortable and the, the not, like, I can't say anything to make this go away. I don't have any magic wand to make it better. But I can offer my company in solitude, in solidarity with you, whatever you're going through, whether I thought it was your fault or not your fault or whatever like that, or you invited it upon yourself, I can just sit there with you and be your friend. There's a real value to that. Yeah. For sure. So you want to, like... uh what, trickle on out of this episode, Bray? We will fade out of this unepisode. This may be split up into a couple of pieces. I think pieces. so. Yeah. But it's fun because we can inject this in space and time, and you can hear all parts of this unepisode as we trek through the loop on Curiosity Continuum. So, till next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.